Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of Dingers, Doubles, and Drunks. I am Nick Stellini, along with Zach Moser and Travis Serranos, and we are joined this week by Jen Mac Ramos. Jen, hello. All right, Jen, can you uh, just introduce yourself for everybody who may not know you and what you do and all that stuff? Um, so I'm a journalist. I write at SB Nation, and I'm an editor at Yardbarker, um, but I also freelance from place to place. Um, I focus a lot on minor leagues because I practically live at the Modesto Nuts And Stadium. Jen, just plug your Twitter account because that's what we're all here for, obviously. <laughs> um, it's at Jen I highly, highly encourage you to follow Jen. There's lots of good content. Um, so I'm trying to imagine somebody that would follow any of us and not Jen, and I really, I, would that be a thing? Like the, the, randos who stumble upon us on iTunes or whatever, I guess? The Ace of Stats? Oh. <laughs> oh boy we're already on brand tonight this is good hey i'm here to roast baby i i heard this was the roast of jen i don't know <laughs> i brought my material here i got a whole list what's, it would be well first, deserved with all the puns list? that i've been what's making the first thing on the list uh jen is any. A good friend and is one of the few Twitter accounts that is not bad. You're the worst at roasting people. Shit, you're totally right. <laughs> I'm sure if we dig hard enough, we'll find a bad Gen tweet. I don't know if they exist, but I'm sure we'll find one. That's your job. That's your job tonight, Zach. While we're recording, you just dig through Jen's account. I noticed she's ever said anything pro Jay Bruce. That's something that could be investigated. But we've, you know, the the halfway point, quote unquote, has come and passed. Uh, we had our home run derby. We had the all-star game. Um, and so there's been a lot of stuff happening. I think our last episode was with Mike, right? And we were talking about, you know, the Mets replacing Lucas Duda and stuff. And that's coming past a long time ago. Um, so what are our general impressions of the season as a whole so far? I mean, what's the big surprises and disappointments? And What's your biggest takeaway so far? I think baseball is good. I, that's, that's debatable. Yeah. yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. But, uh, I mean, things are kind of shaking out as we may have expected, which is kind of surprising. For the most part, yeah. Like, now that Houston's back. Yeah, the Houston's back, and, like, uh, the White Sox are t- tapering off. Um, so things are kind of all in order in the universe. Uh, the division leads are pretty big. I mean, they're what are they all, like, five-plus games or something crazy like that? Um, yeah, a lot of them are like except the East. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I mean, the teams that are expected, to, you know, were expected to be very good, have been pretty much very good. The couple of teams that were on the bubble, like the Diamondbacks, um, or uh, what? I mean, like the White Sox, uh, have kind of either been straight up bad or like just faltered um, after a hot start in the latter's case. Um, yeah, the only like surprise team maybe Miami. Um, the Dodgers are bad, um, ish, <laughs> and yeah, like so, things are kind of settling in, which is kind of odd, and has made things a little bit boring over the past couple weeks, honestly. And of course, the Cubs being pretty bad recently, have, I've I've tuned out a little bit, kind of in the doldrums of the season right now. But I don't know about you guys, have the same feelings. Yeah, I think everything's pretty yeah. much worked out how we expected. I didn't think I didn't think the Diamondbacks or 
the Twins would be as bad as they have been, but I didn't think they were going to be great. Um, I, di- I didn't really buy the uh, moves that the Diamondbacks made. Didn't work out, obviously. They're in the cellar by quite a, uh, quite a wide margin. Um, 20 games back of the Giants, so who, of course, are going to win the World Series in this even year. Um, I guess the, my biggest surprise would be uh, Tampa Bay. I thought that they would compete in that division, and they're not even close to doing so. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty much what we expected. And maybe the positive um, surprise would be the Indians being as good as they have been. But I think Dakota called that, so we can't really call that too much of a surprise. Yep. Uh, oh, can I? I'm going to jump in. Sorry. Uh, but I was done like, anyway. Yeah. I mean, hey, I don't want to talk out of turn here. Um, <laughs> but like Ian Desmond, surprise, like right there. A um, few players that have been like standout players uh, that we kind of did not foresee, I would think. Um, but even the awards are pretty much folks we would expect. Um, in the NL, it's like Kershaw and Bryant-ish, probably. Um, in or the just AL, Kershaw and Kershaw. Yeah, it's possible too. But you know, with him being injured, that might uh, derail any any MVP type talk. Um, plus, the Dodgers are not doing so hot. Um, I mean, he could get an award for carrying the team on his back. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I like. I think that's how he got injured. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like MVP voters have to be really convinced that uh, a pitcher is like above and beyond, though. So and who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the AL, like the MVP award is like is pretty fun. Um, but like rookie of the year uh, in the NL is going to be Corey Seager in the AL, like probably or Junior Guerra. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You got it. <laughs> Or uh, and in the yeah, AL, really good though. Uh, you know, Mazzara most likely. So like it's it, it's kind of weird. I mean, things could change over the next two plus months, but things are as expected. Jen, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching the Giants closely lately. The MLB leading Giants, <laughs> but I have um, <laughs> just been doing some recapping stuff over at McCovey Chronicles, so I kind of have to watch the games, um, and it's been fun especially as a Giants fan but I'm also annoyed at the overmanagement of the bullpen but I also understand that's kind of because of the bullpen not being that great and I know that that's something they're going to be addressing at the trade deadline at the same time it's like come on you're already this far ahead in the NL West stop rubbing it in um but this is such a first world problem in like like a first world baseball problem complaining about this. Yeah. While I I I've I've stopped <laughs> complaining about baseball in the last 6 years because it's like what can I complain? You're not about? allowed to as a Giants fan. You you really aren't. You have like uh half of the World Series wins, you have half of the no-hitters. It just you don't get Yeah, any complaining. I, I mean yeah. I barely complain. Travis and I get to complain for the rest of our lives about baseball. Yes. <laughs> you don't get to complain either right now, Zach. I, I'm still... A, come on. Until, <laughs> until we get that World Series. They don't have the best record in baseball anymore. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Cubs, Cubs Twitter melting down the last week or so before the All Star break was very entertaining. Oh, I, yeah, glorious! I, I exited stage left on that one. I was, <laughs> I was so out. Um, yeah, that uh, when it gets bad, it gets so bad, and it's, it's like really funny. But also, I don't want anything to do with it. And Twitter in general has been just very bad lately. I think, and then you can kind of tell it's always bad. Lately, there are cycles of it being like super crazy bad. And like we're in one of those right now, and it's it's bad. Twitter's That's always been bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a garbage yes, website. <laughs> never tweet ever. It's literally a dumpster will. fire. It's that picture of the St. Louis dumpster fires. My one thing with this season is, um, before the you know the first game and everything, I was like constantly roasting the Orioles. Just over everything that. Oh, they that's did. true. We were like, I, like I think all of us. On like this, we spent like on this podcast, we went in very. We hard spent on like, the Orioles. We yeah, spent my, like four my, episodes my, destroying the Orioles, and now they're in first place. Shows what we know. <laughs> Quit listening to this podcast. Stupid. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening like, to this wow. podcast, that's your just, fault. Just turn it off now. But oh well, um, the Orioles. I mean, they they have the dinger machines, and. But they don't have uh, a sculpture. That's true. That's true. All right. So, um, I mean, yeah, there's baseball. We like baseball. But let's move on to the fun stuff, which is lawsuits. Um, if, if nothing, oh, yeah. if nothing Way says more fun, fun than baseball, it's lawsuits. <laughs> um, but but seriously, folks, this is a important matter because um, the primary reason that we decided to bring Jen on to this one, despite the fact that Jen is one of our greatest friends online and a wonderful baseball person is that Jen has been chasing a story about the minor league pay lawsuit for a long time now. Um, Jen's probably one of the authorities on the subject that isn't a lawyer. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that because that was a thing for a couple weeks and it still kind of is, but especially after Congress introduced a bill basically trying to further baseball's antitrust exemptions um to say that we don't have to get people good wages. That's not a thing we have to do. Um, which is obviously crap because people should be paid a living wage. So, Jen, like, what's, what's the exact situation for those people who might not be aware? Okay, so what's going on right now is there are two minor league um, wage lawsuits. Um, one is called Sene versus... Um, Office of the Commissioner of Baseball, and the other one is Marti et al. versus the Office of the Commissioner of Baseball et al. Um, and what's being happened is it's being consolidated because the two cases are extremely similar. Um, so right now um, it's undergoing, I believe it is going through motion to certify class. Um, the hearing was supposed to happen July 8th, but I haven't heard anything back about that one yet. Um, I do know that for Sene et al. versus um, MLB et al., um, there were two plaintiffs who were removed from the from the case um, at the request of the rest of the plaintiffs um, because they didn't want to be a part of the lawsuit anymore and they were dismissed without prejudice. That means that they can likely rejoin the case whenever they want, if they want to. Um, but MLB wanted them to be, um, I guess, deposed for about seven hours 
if um, they were going to be dismissed. Um, and it just, that's just kind of how um, the lawsuit's going right now, it seems. Um, it's just a lot of what seems like scare tactics, in my opinion, um, trying to say, hey, if you don't do this or if you do this, MLB is going to do this and it might ruin your career. So there's definitely a lot of players who might not want to join the lawsuit because they think that they might get blacklisted. Yeah, that that's a tactic that's always been used um, when dealing with potential collective bargaining stuff with workers trying to organize. Um, but what's interesting about this from a, you know, a PR standpoint, um, obviously baseball put out that statement a few weeks ago that was absolutely just inflammatory and, you know, calling minor leaguers seasonal apprentices that they're not actually, you know, professional players or whatever, um, and that they don't have actual work and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so they don't have to be paid what constitutes minimum wage um, because a lot of players are not paid what constitutes minimum wage right now. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see baseball be so brazenly anti-worker in this uh, scenario, but, I mean, it's working to a certain extent because, I, I mean, at least from the, the comments that we've seen online from fans and people who may not you know the intricacies of everything, um, there isn't a whole lot of sympathy here. Yeah, um, what it seems like to me is that MLB is running everything like a business. Everything is treated like another cog in the machine. And um, I think one of the biggest problems is that sometimes in the wake of looking at everything in the business side, um, businesses often forget that they're still dealing with people. Um, they're dealing with human lives and dealing with people who are making less than minimum wage every year. And they don't have any health benefits that run throughout the year so they have to um, find ways to make do especially without having health insurance and without having um, without having an income and a lot of them look to doing jobs like substitute teaching or working at a Barnes and Noble um, those are just some examples that I've heard over the years um, some of them go back to living with their families and yeah it's it's kind of a dehumanizing process in my opinion I feel like you know, it's it's a business, sure, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, can't lose sight of the fact that you're dealing with human lives here. And one of the wrinkles, I think, that I mean, that we've talked about, Jen, uh, in the past, has been that not only do minor league players not really have any kind of good fallback options, since many of them did not go to or complete college or you know don't have other career paths, things like that, of <laughs> course. Um, but the fact that many of them are international players who are, I mean, their, their work in the United States, like their residence in the United States is conditional upon them you know, working and being minor league baseball players, essentially. <laughs> um, and if they are, I mean, in, in this specific context, if they're going to carry out any sort of, uh, I mean, legal action against MLB and be part of, of a lawsuit or um, anything like that, then they risk, I mean, not being able to even stay here and live in the United States, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's um, one of the biggest concerns, especially with, like, um, the Latin ball players and 
that was one of the things that was interesting to me in the case that's being consolidated with um, the Sene case, uh, Marti versus um, MLB, because the majority of players in that case are Latin, and Marti himself um, is a Cuban defector who is now a resident of the United States, as far as I um, have researched. And um, it's just really interesting that there's a separate lawsuit that was filed a couple months after the big one that it was mostly Latin ball players, maybe about 20 of them. And um, they're also wanting, right? They want these wages. Um, they want to have their fair share of the game and they want to be able to have some kind of a living. Um, a lot of these players uh, no longer are in baseball or um, were in independent leagues for a while, but you know, regardless of if they're from the states or Latin ball players, they they're looking to make a living wage because a lot of these players come to Major League Baseball at like sixteen, especially in the Latin countries, and a lot of them are looking for ways to help their family out of poverty. And sometimes these families don't get out of poverty because MLB doesn't pay that much in the minor leagues. It's it's still a little bit more than what they may have, but it's not always guaranteed that they're going to be making enough money to send home. Yeah, and part of the what might make the minor league specific um, situation I mean, it takes on a, a definitely takes on a racial component because there are, I mean, I believe they're about twenty-five to thirty percent um, Latino MLB players, but the percentage in the minor leagues is, is like, isn't it above 50%? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, these are overwhelmingly uh, Latino players who are being paid less than a living wage to work in the United States. Yeah, and a lot of them are living with host families, sometimes taking, like, four people to a tiny apartment just so they can afford rent. Um, and they're just trying to get by as much as they can because they think baseball is a way for them to, you know, to make money. And obviously there's been a lot of Latin um, ballplayers who've become stars who have made that money, but it's not, it's not a guarantee for everyone. And I feel like things like what the Diamondbacks are doing, um, creating a program for, I believe it was uh, Dominican Republic ballplayers that they signed to finish their high school education. So at least that they would have some kind of an education if their career ends. Um, and I feel like I think at least other teams should be doing something to help prepare a lot of players who may not have continued their education to finish it, um, especially with the ones from, coming from Latin countries. And that's good for teams, too. I mean, if there's going to be more incentive for players to sign with those teams uh, if, I mean, there are other kind of things going in that direction for them. I mean, of course, the money is always going to be the, the largest determining factor, but, I mean, if there's those kind of softer factors, uh, like finishing your education, then that, I mean, that will get more players to sign with your team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not only smart humanitarian move, but it's just like, it seems like a smart business move to me. Yeah. It could, in fact, be the new market inefficiency. But, 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 but actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. I mean, the Cubs are doing it. The Diamondbacks are doing it. The Dodgers are not doing it. 
um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, especially when you when people are coming at it from a very American centric standpoint, where you know people watch draft coverage at least on the first night or whatever, and they see these kids getting like million dollar bonuses, and they're like, oh, well, everybody's going pro is rich, and you know maybe if you read about your team's big J two signings, though these kids coming out of Latin America at 16 getting signed for like multi-million dollar bonuses like maybe there's just an assumption that if you're going pro you're getting paid um and that's not really the case but I mean a lot of J2 signings sign for pennies basically and if you look at like college seniors who sign in the draft I mean they have no leverage whatsoever and they often sign for very very little money at all um and then they have to I mean not that your signing bonus is what you live on, but it certainly helps to have a massive signing bonus. Yeah, exactly. Um, when I was doing averages of signing bonuses in the last 50 years, um, the first five round um, signing bonuses skew the averages a lot and makes it seem like, oh, hey, a lot of players are making like $300,000. But in actuality, anything from like the fifth round onward can get anywhere between like a thousand dollars in signing bonus to maybe fifty thousand um and at the same time like fifty thousand is definitely a lot um but not everyone has that opportunity um and especially for the guys who sign in the later rounds you know for them it's a chance to try and make it um to the big leagues even though they're like not really a prospect or they're in different stages of their life, but they want to make it and they want to go pro, but you know, a thousand dollar signing bonus isn't really going to help them get anywhere. So I, I guess this all begs the question, like how, how does it get fixed? I mean, how does, I mean, cause I mean, Rob Manfred were on the record recently saying that, you know, it's not a traditional profession, um, which is obviously true. I mean, you, I mean, there is, you really don't have like, you know, hourly shifts or anything. Um, but how, how, how does, baseball find a way to I mean if baseball were to be magically motivated to actually you know spend money on this um what would be at least a step in the right direction in terms of paying people I guess um maybe just looking at the finances looking at how much um an average player works and how much how much a player is worth essentially which kind of goes back into looking into statistics i guess looking at war like um this player is worth this many wins so we should pay them this much um but obviously stats aren't really the best way to go about things but you know it could figure out how many um how much these players are worth and that's how much they should be paid but that's just me <laughs> um especially having hold on i was getting my grabbing my hammer and sickle here hold on <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, well, Jen, I actually have kind of a problem with that because, um, I mean, minor league players, such a small yeah. percentage of them are going to know how they're actually valued by their teams and how, like, compared to other folks. I mean, they don't know. That's, that's true. Teams have incentive to withhold that information yeah. because they're the ones doing the valuation and minor league players are the ones who have no bargaining power. Sure. So why, you know. And that's, uh, um, 
that's also one of the yeah. things that I heard before. Like, there's no um, union for the minor leagues because nobody wants to stay yeah. in the minor leagues that long enough to ha- be a union rep and yeah. no bargaining power. Um, and, like, honestly, I don't think there's really a great way to go about trying to figure out what works. I feel like it's going to be, like, trying a lot of different things and see what sticks if they actually decide to decide to um, fix a system. I mean, they could go towards, like, player value. They could go towards, like, service time in the, in the minor leagues. Um, they could pay, you know, increase per year that they've played pro um and there's a lot of different options. I mean like what what if they just raise like the basic minimum salary in the minor leagues like I, I mean I don't know the exact number um but I mean I don't know if, I don't know if it should be worth like you know to be dependent on skill or anything it's just a matter of that okay we're going to make sure you have enough money to you know live you know cuz like there's a lot of guys I mean I saw tweets from from former minor league players who said that like the bat boys are making more money than them. yeah yeah no, um, I mean that's insane. Yeah, so like, I mean, for me, it has to start with some kind of organization. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, there is going to be no no pressure put on Major League Baseball at all. Because I mean, we see that. I mean, if there's going to be any sort of like federal legislation, it's going to be the other way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not <laughs> MLB is just going to be propped up in the way that they already yeah exploit these players so i mean they can't they're not going to be pressured by um like federal legislation at all mm-hmm. so it's not going to come from there so yeah, i mean it pretty much has to come from some sort of organizing there has to be some sort of collective bargaining with minor leaguers yeah. um and yeah that's where it gets really hairy and this is what kind of i mean it's definitely out of my depth and i know there are definitely there are some labor lawyers on twitter in baseball twitter who have kind of voiced their opinions on this and have, have maybe even written about it a little bit, but whether or not the MLBPA can or should or wants to even uh, bring on uh, minor league players. Um, I mean, Tony Clark basically said that they're not going to do that. I mean, he is, uh, I mean, he's basically echoing Rob Manfred here, um, which is very odd, but um, also it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, whether it's a separate union or whether it's part of the like, they become part of the MLPA, it's it has to, like it has to start with some kind of organization. Otherwise, there's like there's no pressure on Major League Baseball and these teams to like you know as Nick said like just raise wages. Period. Like make make that minimum salary for a minor league player higher. Yeah. And I do want to add the disclaimer, I am not a labor lawyer. I have not really studied much other than taking a labor economics class in undergrad. But, um, yeah, I think, honestly, like, I'd love to see them unionize. I'd love to see them have some kind of collective bargaining. But whether or not it's going to happen is, you know, the bigger question. Like, will they be able to do something to bargain for the wages that they deserve without having like without having this fear that they may be retaliated against in their professional career yeah. I mean really like the, the bill that was introduced in Congress seemed like a way to, to head this law these lawsuits off at the pass mm-hmm. um, I mean is there a sentiment that these lawsuits are going to work that they have good arguments in court from what I've gathered um, 
and it's just been like talking to people who um some way um have connections to the case is that there has been um there's a discovery period to see if there's anything that they could bring aboard um bring to court and there has been discovery there has been a lot of evidence um and they have well-written arguments saying hey this is why you know you're violating the fair labor standards act and it's definitely a fear for mlb that you know the judge might um might rule in favor of them and um the case is filed in san francisco um ninth circuit and you know san francisco does have that reputation of being very liberal you know they might they might be like hey these guys aren't getting paid what they deserve they don't get paid enough to survive the off season you know might as well pay him um and i think that it's possible that mlb might be afraid of um being ruled um in favor of the plaintiffs um and there's definitely a lot of fears a lot of politics involved a lot of a lot it's just a lot of questions surrounding whether or not um you know the judge will rule in favor of the minor leaguers and especially with like um MLB saying hey if you're gonna dismiss these guys dismiss them with prejudice so they can't get back on the case um but the judge ruled in favor saying nope no prejudice you know um and it might be an indication of how the judge might rule um especially since yeah if there's anything we know about major league baseball it's that whenever their hegemony and antitrust exemption is threatened uh they will terminate with extreme prejudice so yeah. <laughs> um the only i guess the only bright side is like it's pretty damn hard to pay minor leaguers less than they are now yeah. so but <laughs> like even you know, the, even with if, even the if, amount that has been yeah. like written in the lawsuits like seven hundred seven thousand five hundred bucks a year that's that's not a lot <laughs> um that's that's barely making it and there's actually a lawsuit in, that was filed in ohio that is suing the frontier league for um for um flsa um violations and they're alleging like oh there's a lot of guys who only get paid 750 bucks a month and the two plaintiffs um said that they barely made more than a thousand dollars a month um and they're basically doing the same thing as the minor league lawsuit except for the independent league i mean that's an interesting case because i mean i don't want to sound like i'm automatically coming down on management side here um i just genuinely do not know how profitable the frontier league is um like like again i don't know anything about that aspect of indie ball whatsoever i just i'm wondering how much i mean they definitely should be paid more than that no question whatsoever i just i just wonder how frontier league go ahead zach (laughs) i mean that that uh the uh saga of the lake county fielders uh kevin costner's like weird project team in my like home county uh they folded like several years ago they were in the frontier league so i don't know how like their finances are it's probably pretty wacky in terms of uh, an independent mm-hmm. league, but that just varies specifically the Frontier League. Indie ball is very strange. Yeah, um, yeah totally. It's awesome, but super strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- that'll be interesting to watch as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe it was just filed this past April, and so they're still in like 
getting everything in order and trying to figure out if it can be a class action. But, you know, there's only been like a couple articles written about it from when it was filed. So I guess that'll be really interesting to see what happens with that one. Does anybody else have anything they want to add was, on? Was the Frontier League, the, was that the one with the team that um, signed those two women? Or was that no, a that's a league? different league. No, that's out west. I don't know what league the Sonoma Stock Yeah, that one's like a small four-team league in Northern California. So, yeah, that's completely separate. That's just an aside. (laughs) (laughs) That is the Pacific Association of Professional Ball Clubs, which sounds fake. It it sounds like a collegiate league team in California. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But... uh, yeah, let's see. They've got four teams. Pittsburgh Diamonds from Pittsburgh, California. San Rafael Pacifics. Uh, Sonoma Stompers and Vallejo or Vallejo Admirals all in uh, all in California. I don't know where any of those they're, places they're are. all so. in, like, areas a little east of Oakland. So okay. they're all along the same freeway. Well, I think they're along the same freeway, same general vicinity, but not more than like half an hour from each other. Dude, there was a there was a team from Hawaii in that league before. Okay, now I'm upset because that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, the Maui Warriors. That's nuts. But like, I've heard of the Maui Warriors. Yeah, it looks like and the Hawaii. But like, yeah, they shut down operations after 2013. Uh, <laughs> In in the least surprising news of the century, uh, the team according to Wikipedia, the team shut down operations after playing the 2013 Pacific Association season due to the travel costs of bringing teams bringing in the teams from Northern California. Duh, you're like traveling thousands of miles. <laughs> 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 you, didn't, you didn't think that would go well. But, uh, anyway, apparently their official team name was in Hawaiian, nice. which is pretty rad, but. Yeah. Right, so does anybody have other stuff to add on this aspect of the discussion? Um, and I don't know. Like, why why would you want your prized prospects eating ramen every day? That just that seems counterintuitive. They should pay him enough money to eat well. That's one aspect actually that um, we didn't bring up, and Russell Carlton's wrote on written on that subject um, that these guys are eating like crap when they're not eating the minor would be eating the spread after the game, and even then. The spread's not always the greatest thing yeah. in the world. Um, and he was wondering, like, what the, you know, the benefits of, you know, how much better you could be by actually feeding your players well. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have been into a couple clubhouses here and there, and, like, I have seen players eating, like, meatballs and tomato sauce out of a slow cooker, and I've seen them microwaving chicken McNuggets um, a, l- a couple of them have told me like they usually go to Chipotle on the road because it's like the most healthy fast food meal that they can get that reaches their target calories and protein, protein. and it's on a budget, but it's also Chipotle. Yeah, I mean, I, I can say um, from my time covering minor leagues that minor leaguers are absolutely obsessed with Chipotle. Yeah, that's a shame. I hate Chipotle. Whoa. It just doesn't make sense that you wouldn't want your... You know, you'd want, you'd think you'd want your minor leaguers, your prospects that you're trying to develop into, you know, world-class athletes to be eating well and sleeping well and comfortable so that they can focus on baseball and not where their next meal is going to come from and where they're going to sleep. 
It just it just uh, seems so counterintuitive. But you, you see, Travis, there's this thing. It's called capitalism. And I know about capitalism. <laughs> no, I'm capitalism just like, is bad. Yeah, I just. It's the uh, reason Pokemon Go exists. It's true. It's extremely true. Man, the advertising <laughs> on that app is going to be insane. But anyway. Mike Trout <laughs> came out today as a Pokemon Go enthusiast. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I bet you he. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to try, try to make a weather joke. Um, wait, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> I I bet. Oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay, here, good to go. It's a shame that Mike Trout doesn't play Pokemon Go with the teammates on the Omaha Storm Chasers. Ooh, pretty good. Nice. Um, how about <laughs> man? What's the what the hell? There's definitely like a a third gen Pokemon that changes cast form. Cast form. Yeah, that's the one. He's probably his favorite. There you go. I ha- I definitely have one in my game. Uh, my Alpha Sapphire game. I still don't remember what that was called. But uh, yeah, that's definitely his favorite Pokemon. Absolutely. That's all I got. And with that, let's move on to our Twitter questions. Um, since we've already entered the silly portion of the podcast, um, <laughs> this is the portion of the podcast where we field questions from the wonderful users of Twitter.com. They did not come up big with us. There are no good time. users on Twitter. Um, yeah, you get they, uh, If you're listening to this podcast, please actually you know submit questions next time we ask for them. Um, it's for your benefit so that we can entertain you. Um, but... From what I understand, Travis and Zach got a few good ones, so let's let's hear them. Well, I got a I got a few questions. I don't know if I'd say they're good. Um, Connor Farrell of Purple Row wants want, wanted to know um, why I suck so bad. Well, and, um, Connor, let me tell you. Well, <laughs> Travis. Yeah, he well, he said the question was for me, but if you guys want to field it, yeah, I think I think we should field that one. Um, Go on. It, it's because I'll, I'll hang up and listen. It, <laughs> it's because you hate our Lord and Savior Jay Bruce. Um, he is a flawless human being, and and you, for some reason, just absolutely loathe him. It, it hurts us inside. I for one love when Jay Bruce hits home runs against the Milwaukee Brewers baseball club. Wow, but and that's a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're going to have beef in this podcast. Um, Jay Bruce yeah, is so, good and Taylor Swift is bad. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much all I know about you, Travis. <laughs> yeah, I can't roast you in any other way. That's it. I mean, like, it's pretty self-evident. If you follow him on Twitter, you know why Travis sucks. <laughs> the take, his, takes are, his takes are far too good. That's not allowed. That's... <laughs> Yes, that must be it. Them hot takes. I, your your takes just need more heat. Yeah, you gotta but, get you gotta get like emerald in there to go bam on your on your takes. You got a little, little some seasoning on there. Don't bring in other celebrity chefs onto this podcast. Wait, other are celebrity we, chefs? Wait, <laughs> are we already? Wait, is there one? Is on there, are, are we are is, are we in the presence the of official, a celebrity chef? No, I mean obviously the official celebrity chef of this podcast is Guy Fieri. Unless we're not I definitely. Oh, okay, okay, that's true. Okay. Story, okay. story yeah, time. Not only was I watching Triple D earlier with my roommates um, and marveling at the uh, culinary expertise of one guy, <laughs> but I saw Guy Fieri in musical form last night, live and in person. What? Yeah, I saw. Oh, Smash, Smash Mouth. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was 
incredible. It, I, like, it's not like any other experience I've ever had. I, I got drunk on free beer in Boston Common, and I saw Smash Mouth perform their international super hits, just hit after hit after hit, baby. You know, you've, you've heard them all. Uh, Literally the, all three of them. That was it. All-star, um, you know, that, that the one that goes, uh, hey, now you're an all-star. <laughs> uh, other the uh, th- they had that like other single from that record that was uh all all the glitters is gold <laughs> like like just classic rock band right there exactly. and it was awesome Great. Exactly. those are all the same song why you gotta root it for him man why you gotta root it for him gotta go <laughs> the world is is collapsing around me they had the one about walking on the sun. Yeah, that's, yeah. It. It that's from walk the classic, sun. classic American masterpiece, uh, Fushu Mang, their first album, which is a ska <laughs> record, and it's good. They played three songs from that record. Great. Anyway. All right, so our next question. You have other questions? Are they about Smash Mouth? They're not. <laughs> that was what I was about. <laughs> um... Number one gay ghost wants to know what would be cooler, playing baseball with a glass bat or a glass ball. Uh, yes, uh, Owen is very good at an- asking questions like this every every time we record. He has provided some quality ones in the past. They're good, yeah, he's got it. Um, Here's the he thing about it. playing um, baseball with either of those things being made of glass, though, is I don't think you'd get very far. Like they're both, they're, Either was going to shatter immediately. And yeah, nothing's really going to happen. Incredibly dangerous and incredibly badass. So, <laughs> I um, I would go glass ball because it's like cooler to hit a glass ball with a like a wooden bat, um, and less likely to like shatter in your hands and like you have to walk around barefoot like John McClane and Die Hard, like getting glass stuck in your feet. Yeah, that sounds like bad, a bad time why, for everyone. Why are you who's playing baseball barefoot? barefoot? Oh, I, I've never seen cleats before. I, <laughs> I no, but I, I, anyway, I go with the ball. I think playing with a glass ball could encourage expert bunting technique because you have to like just like lightly tap it so that to get one it to you, not break. Yeah, is so it a it, solid it glass like ball or is it hollow? It'd have to be solid or imagine, definitely going to break. I'm imagining it's solid. But like, solid. But that's like not going to be easy to pitch, though. It's going to be pretty heavy. Right, but like Billy Hamilton would become a superstar. Yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that I feel sense. like that would be interesting. Yeah, I imagine, like, if you break the ball, like, you're, you automatically lose or something. Like You're out. Be, you're out. I think yeah, if you break the ball. That, like, works. Yeah. They'd have to have a lot of, would... a lot of glass balls. I would choose a glass ball only because if it's really heavy and solid, I would bunt that thing so hard that yeah, I mean that I'd actually make it. Here's the thing: handle as well. They use they use so many balls in an MLB game, though. Like they, you wouldn't even use more balls if the balls were made of glass, because they still switch them out. They switch them out just as often. Like they switch the ball out every time anybody touches it. Yeah, I'm just like picturing John Lester like shaking the ball at the umpire right now, like. But it's a glass ball, and it's exactly the same. Like, <laughs> hey, I want a new ball. Like, right. I get it. Pitchers are fickle beings. That's Pitchers true. are interesting. I just personally want a league in which Ben Revere and Billy Hamilton are the best players in baseball. Like, I feel uh, like yeah, that's called that's called the Pacific Coast League. 
<laughs> Owned. Instant rim I, shot. I, I secretly roasted them. They will never hear this. <laughs> you say that now, but yeah, yes. Wait until we get big, and then they like just like uh, vetting a, a, a candidate. Uh, they're gonna go back years and listen to my old podcast and be like, "Damn, that guy roasted me." We can't. We can't like and continue listening to his extremely popular podcast. I also assume that Ben Revere has some sort of spidey sense, so he knows. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Um, were there other questions? Uh, no, it was just, I just got that one. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I have one. the hate man just wanted me to have Jen school me on Team Paris. Yeah. Feel more girls. Well, <laughs> the thing about Team Paris is <laughs> for those of you listening and are very confused this is a gilmore girls question i thought we were talking about like helen of troy no oh no. okay I'll, I'll you can I'll, pretend we are though it I might work out the same yeah like okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm just firmly in the camp in which um, rory should not be dating boys like dean or jess and All should right. really be ending women. up with Paris. Because women are good. That's true. I, I, I will say that's accurate. They're better than men anyway. You know that. But that's not very hard to do. <laughs> it's yeah, a low bar. The, the bar is really low. Uh, love to do misandry on the internet. Woo-hoo. Okay, so I have one... I have a couple... <laughs> I have a couple weird questions. Um, oh, yeah, weird is what we do here. Okay, so at... ATF thirteen ATF, otherwise known oh, as MLB Insider Dinger. Um, oh no! <laughs> he wants to know what the best brand and flavor of sunflower seeds is. I don't have an opinion on oh, this wow. one. I don't really. Uh, I just David like the original, original ones. David. Yeah. David's. David original. Like, like there are weirdos who like. There were a lot of people when I was playing baseball when I was in like my early teens and middle school and and whatnot who loved the ranch ones, but those are pretty gnarly. I've gnarly is a good. Ones. Isn't gnarly a good? Doesn't gnarly mean good? I mean, like gnarly in like a like a gross way. Like you can gnarly like can if I say, gnarly. "Oh man, that's gnarly," then it's like could be cool. But like if I say, "Oh, that's gnarly," then it's, it's like you know gross. Like, so gnarly can be good know. and bad. Yes. Yes. This is brand new information to me. I mean, the word "bad" can be good and bad. <laughs> have you heard Michael Jackson? Yeah, no, I knew that. Have you heard Have you heard Peter Piper by Run DMC? They explain that in the song. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. I definitely heard. I noticed that they were playing Run DMC in the episode of The Office that I that I watched today. It's one of the Christmas episodes. They played Christmas and Hollis in the background. Anyway, but, Run um, DMC. I've tried. Concert. I've tried the barbecue sunflower seeds, and they do not taste like barbecue sauce at all. Not even bad barbecue sauce. So I'm gonna stay away from any flavored ones. Although I think I did see like dill. a pickle of flavor. Oh, like dill. Dill. Yeah. Honestly, that's probably okay. I have my sunflower seed take is that until I was like seventeen, nobody told me that you're supposed to spit out the sunflower seed, like the outside part. So I just <laughs> chewed them up and swallowed everything. Travis has been shitting shells since. <laughs> um, that that's 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 traumatic. That's that's a that's something you don't come back from. No, it was fine. Oh God. Okay. 
I mean, okay then. <laughs> if you say so. I used to eat like peanuts, like shelled peanuts. I used to just chew those up and eat those in in their entirety as well. Hey, like- hey, hey, Travis. I'm fine. You you might have to delete your account. Um, you, you know, you, this would explain a lot about Travis. <laughs> this, you don't the stems get, of apples don't get and the, like, dumb the bananas and orange peels as peanut well. shells. It doesn't make you dumb. I, I mean, well, actually, right like, like <laughs> no, like being dumb causes you to eat peanut shells whole. It's the rare like self own the other way around. The rare I mean, self own. Like, the Venn diagram of people who eat peanut shells and people who are stupid is almost overlapping. Like, those circles. <laughs> Whatever. We love you, Travis. trying to share a piece of my life with you guys and getting owned. We do this because we love you, Travis. <laughs> yep. Welcome to dingers, dingers, Doubles, and Dunks on Travis. Oh! <laughs> There's our cold open. Um, <laughs> um, ben Diamond, friend of the show... Um, he uh, asked our general opinion on the game of cricket. Um, I think it's a fiendish imposter of baseball and should not be tolerated under any circumstances. I actually, I tried, I, I legitimately, like, one summer in college, I legitimately spent, like, two days online trying to understand how to play cricket and how it works and what the rules are. I got nowhere. I have no idea how cricket works and i spent legitimate like yeah. two like work days just online reading the whole wikipedia page and then looking at like cricket websites i don't get it it doesn't make any sense i mean i've been alive for many many years watching baseball and i still don't get that so <laughs> but um like yeah, i know the rules yeah. of baseball yeah i like it seems like cool there like i i generally actually don't really like sports that have like a weird like are mostly popular on like an international play stage like countries playing each other that like doesn't appeal to me but um like the game itself seems like super interesting and weird mm-hmm. and i'm totally into that because baseball is super interesting and weird but uh i also am like i really want to read um clr james book on cricket he's a uh he was a prominent like labor historian who wrote about like the Haitian Revolution. That's his most like famous work. It's about the Haitian Revolution. Um, but he also wrote about cricket in like a kind of radical political context, and I'm like super into that. And I that's like that would be a fun starting point. I don't know if I'd ever watch any, but yeah, it seems like cool in that in that way. Yeah, I don't think I've ever sat down and even watched a second of cricket, but. You know, if people like it, then that's cool. Um, you see, where you're wrong, like Jen, it, is that okay. if people like things that I don't like, it means they're bad. I don't like thing. Yeah, I mean... And then the angel <laughs> comes down. Thing is bad. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Let, let me tell you why thing is actually good. Ooh. Uh, can why you why like, thing is actually good? Mm-hmm. Explain. Yeah. Seems fake. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I love... I love the internet. I love just being online with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if anybody actually knows anything about this, but um, Sean Martin, a friend of mine from college, um, asked, do you think the UCI made the right decision to let Chris Froome keep the yellow jersey yesterday? 
Um, this is in relation to the Tour de France. I'm oh just going to go God. ahead and say... Try to make cycling cool. I'm going to go ahead and say That's no. the worst thing like, Lindsay Armstrong ever just did. On, just on principle, because, you know, I, I it's cycling, so no, that's bad. The only thing I really know about cycling is all the doping stuff that goes on, and the fact that one of the cyclists said that a positive test or something about, like, the urine sample was not matching his was because he absorbed a fetus in the womb. That's an excellent excuse. That's terrifying. So that's really all I know about cycling, so I'm going to say, no, it's bad. Yeah, but get get this, get this. Four de tramps. <laughs> Delete your account. Get, what? That's, that's my... That's my that's all I I've only had uh, one really like tall boy, and I'm just like, I'm just rage quitting everything right now. I'm just... I'm I'm a hateful, spiteful person. I'm just a big ball of anger, and all I can think of is spoonerisms to own people online. So <laughs> that seems fair. Um, so yeah, that, that's all I got um, in terms of questions. All right. Um, all right, real quick, since we're at the second half, who wins the World Series? Zach. <laughs> the. Uh... The, the Durham Bulls, no, the uh, Chicago Cubs National League Ball Club is my pick to win the World Series. Travis. This stupid Giants again. Jen. Miami Marlins. Ooh, what? I like it. I'll take. I like it. I like Woo! it. I like it. I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the Texas Rangers. And, uh, okay, so that is episode 11 of Dingers, Doubles, and Drunks. Um, we will be, be back at some point soon, theoretically. We're going to try and do this a bit more regularly um, because, as we all know, you love our podcast, and that's why we have so many listeners. And it's good and to stay regular. It is good to stay regular. Um, just get the content out there. <laughs> gotta, gotta push that content. Gotta get um, that activity. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Just Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Is our official sponsor now? We've got we've got brands. <laughs> we, we have brands advertising on bigger Troubles and drugs now. Wow! They're knocking down our doors. They're just, um, they, they want a piece of the action. That's some free advertising right there. We should get paid for this. We should. Yeah. We should. Capitalist sellouts. Triple D. <laughs> so yeah, no that's fun. our podcast. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Pa- Patreon. Everything. Um, that's our podcast. Um, that's episode eleven of Bigger Troubles and Drugs. Thank you for listening, and we will see you around.